life is short. Life is extremely short. And I waited a very long time before I started my career and what I'm doing now. I had to get through my life. I was a single mother. I had to do so many different things. But life is short and just do it. In the words of Nike, just do it. Welcome to the Midland Money Mindset. This is a podcast that's all about getting your mind right when it comes to all things money. In every episode, we go deep with engaging guests who provide tangible takeaways and a whole lot of joy along the way. I hope you enjoy these conversations as much as I enjoyed having them. Let's dive into today's show. I'm Larry Sprung, your host for the Midland Money Mindset and founder and wealth advisor of Midland Financial. Today's guest is Tiffany Blackman, founder and CEO of Tiffany C. Blackman, LLC. She's also a nationally recognized chef, podcast host of My So-Called Fabulous, influencer, cookbook author, mother, wife, daughter, and friend. Tiffany Blackman is a tenacious and dynamic woman who wears many hats. She is lovingly referred to as the mother of the people by those who know and love her. And to know Tiffany is to love Tiffany. Tiffany decided to make a shift in her career in 2019 and began dipping her toes into the world of lifestyle influencing, blogging, and podcast hosts. Her podcast, My So-Called Fabulous, is now her full-time passion project where she shares all things food, fitness, interiors, beauty, and fashion. Tiffany started this journey as so many came to her for advice and her deep desire to connect with people. She shares her experience and knowledge to hopefully help so many women and men. Having more than 30 years of culinary experience, Tiffany has served in many different areas of the culinary world. Notably, she served as the executive, chef, and culinary director for Beef Loving Texans. She appeared on a large number of television and radio programs discussing and demonstrating tips and techniques for healthy beef recipes. Tiffany is the author of best-selling cookbooks, 200 Best Panini Recipes, 300 Best Casseroles, and Panini French. Tiffany has also served as a spokesperson and contributing editor for Cooking Light, Southern Living, Coastal Living, Cottage Living, and Lowe's Creative Ideas. Tiffany has also appeared on numerous television programs, including Good Morning America, Home Shopping Network, E-Entertainment Television, Food Network, and Country Music Television. Philanthropy is also an important part of Tiffany's life, and she has served as a board member of the North Austin Chapter of National Charity League and Vandegrift High School Cheer Booster Club. Tiffany continues to serve a number of nonprofits today, including Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation, Cook's Children Hospital Jewel Charity, and the Women's Center of Tarrant County and Project 4031. Listen in for some great takeaways about turning your passion into a successful entrepreneurial venture, and Tiffany has so many great skills that she uses to make connections with people. Today's guest on the Midland Money Mindset is Tiffany Blackman, the founder and CEO of Tiffany C. Blackman, LLC. She's a nationally recognized chef, 
podcast host of My So-Called Fabulous, an influencer, cookbook author, mother, wife, daughter, and friend. Welcome to the show, Tiffany. Thank you so much for having me, Larry. And when you're introducing me, I'm getting a little exhausted with all of that. Yes. Well, thank you so much for having me. You keep very, very busy. Nobody can fault you or say that you don't. So you have a lot going on, which is awesome. And one of the reasons why we wanted to chat with you today. So obviously, as we mentioned, you have a lot going on. You're podcast host, author, cook. How did Tiffany Blackman get to where you are today? What was your path here? Because our listeners love hearing about the entrepreneurial journey. It has been for sure. Well, I can share with you that in this industry at 58 years old, I started this four years ago and uh, right before COVID struck our world, but I was spending my entire career. I went to Texas Christian University, nutrition degree, then went to culinary school on the East Coast to Johnson and Wales and got my culinary degree. Went to culinary school through the years, worked for great brands, great, great companies, Time Inc., Southern Living, Southern Progress, the beef industry. And so I spent an entire career really branding and supporting the brand of other companies. And in that journey, I learned so much. I learned I had continued education. I had media training. I just had the gift of working for different companies and growing myself. I have a daughter that turns 24 soon. I got her through school and I was doing all of these things, traveling all the United States, teaching cooking classes and public speaking, Food Network, all of those things. I decided when she graduated high school, it was time for me to do something for myself. It was time for me to grow a brand because I knew how, I knew what I wanted to do. Now, let me back up. The how when it comes to social media and technology these days is a lot for my mind and to wrap around. So I have a lot of fabulous young women and men working with me. We call them who's. Sometimes it's it's better to find a who and not how. A lot easier. So we get that. You're absolutely, I love that. I absolutely love I'll that. I'll give credit you, where credit's due. Dan Sullivan <laughs> from Strategic Coach wrote a book on who, not how. How entrepreneurs should think about the who's in their life and get rid of the how's. That's exactly right. And I love that. So it takes a village. I mean, it really does. But what I did as I started, because when you have cookbooks and you're in the food world, everyone's like, do you have an Instagram? Where are the photos? And at that time, I was raising my daughter. She was about to graduate high school. And I said, you know what? When she graduates, I'm going to do this. And I was, you know, when you're not PTA president and cheer president, you go on and do other things. And that's when I started this brand. And we started in the influencing world on Instagram. And about a year into that, I had a friend approach me that has a podcast studio and said, you need to bring your brand to life live. And like you are, Larry, you are podcasting, touching so many different lives. And we did. We took the blog and we made it live. We talk about food and fitness and beauty and cooking and so many different platforms. That's how we got started. And four years later, we're surviving and we made it through the shutdown and COVID. And I was talking on the podcast by myself a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Couldn't have guests, obviously, but in the studio, because the majority of mine is in studio. And I know you do that as well. Right. That's how I started. That's incredible. So where does the entrepreneurial bug come from? Was that something that you grew up with or it's something you kind of develop and grew into? 
I developed and grew into. And actually, my husband really sets a fire under me. I'm a little shy when it comes to that because I feel like that is not my love language as being an entrepreneur, but it really has. And I think I am so driven to succeed. And that's where this comes from. And I really want to teach young men and women and men and women actually of all age that you can do this. You can You can do it at any age. I wanted to instill, especially in my daughter, you don't have to work yourself into a tizzy, but the value of work and to have that work ethic was very important to me. That's what I learned from my parents. It was not an entrepreneurial spirit from my parents, but it was the work ethic. And I mean, I will outwork anyone, anytime, any day. But again, it's like you said, the who, it takes a village. Right. Were your parents your biggest mentors? Yes, they really were. My mother's deceased, but my dad's still alive, and he is. He's my biggest cheerleader. He doesn't understand what I do. Does that make sense? He always asks me, Larry, how's your radio show going? (laughs) That's fair enough. My husband and my daughter right now are my big cheerleaders. My husband retired. He does not want to. (laughs) He sold a company. He does not want to do that any longer. He's focusing on himself and hobbies, but he does. He Every Monday, how's the analytics? Where are you? How's the monetization? That's great stuff. So how did the podcast, My Soul Called Fabulous, how did that come to be? Where was that generated from? Well, like I mentioned, my friend that had a studio just thought, of course, he needed clients, of course, but he just really thought with my media background and my background in radio and TV that I should continue that passion. And when you do cooking shows and you arrive at the studio, the news station at four o'clock in the morning and do the first morning cooking show, years and years, I mean, I mean, 20, 25 years of doing that. And it was lovely and fabulous, but I could do it in my sleep. But I needed something else. I needed something else to do in my life. And that's when I did. I started the influencing, but I missed that media. I just missed it so much. And that's when I said, you know what, let's start a podcast. And I'll have to be honest with you, Larry. When the team approached me about the podcast, I was honestly like, what's a podcast? (laughs) No joke. I mean, I didn't. I didn't have a clue. Now I'm fully aware. (laughs) I know exactly. When I heard from you, I went right away, figured out exactly what you are. So you learn and you learn from everyone. You do. So that's how the birth of my so-called fabulous started. We started talking about it in 2019. We launched it in January of 2020. And we are about to start season six. I think we just recorded 152 episodes and we just don't miss a Tuesday. We're not going to do it. Right. We're saying we, we launched in October of 2020. And initially, to my kids' credit, and it seems like your daughter's a huge supporter of yours as well, we started out going every every other week. And my boys were like, listen, you're not going to get the following by going every other week. This is good stuff. You're doing a good job. You got to get this out weekly. And from January of 2021 on, we've been going weekly, 52 episodes released a year every Wednesday. And same, again, you have to look to others to help guide you in areas that maybe you think you know, but maybe you don't know as well as other people. So huge credit to you for doing that. And being as successful with the show as you have been. Is there any meaning behind the name? How did you come up with that? You know, Larry, when you're tossing around 
names and I mean in, in a group of people it took us forever to name it I use the word fabulous a lot with the show it was really important for me to share my success and to share my failures and I've had multiple counselors coaches therapists on my show some of them have said stop using the word failures but for me the word failure works because it was a time where I learned so desperately and I didn't want to do that again. I want to share this with people in this podcast, an opportunity to learn. I have different subject matters. I mean, we talk from everything from family to food to beauty to fashion to helping people and we've really narrowed down. We do help women and women empowerment for sure. But in this I share success and failures. Last week, I had a woman reach out to me. I don't know who it was, and I'm, I know you had the same thing happen. But they'll say, I thought I was alone. I didn't realize that other people were actually going through this life experience, whatever it may be, like I did. So thank you for sharing that I can voice my concern and I'm not the only one. And that, to me, is worth so much. It makes me very emotional because I felt there. I felt like I was alone for many times in my life with success and failure. So that's my podcast. Shared experiences are so important because uh, a lot of times, whether you're an entrepreneur or just a person or have a corporate job, it really doesn't matter. A lot of times when we're going through struggles, like your listener, we think we're alone. And probably 99 out of 100 times, there's at least one other person that has a similar experience that if they hear that and share that, it could help uplift them. And absolutely very important to do so. So at the end, of the day, right? If you could write the script in terms of the outcome or what the impact your show has on the public, right? And your listeners, what is the end goal? What are you looking to do? Is it simply that shared experience aspect or are there other things that you're looking for listeners to take away from your show? I am looking to help people. I mean, I really am. It's just helping people. I just recently had a black gentleman that's in our community that had cardiac arrest and educating him telling his story. It was a two-part series because it was so lengthy and educating black men on how to avoid or to look for the signs. Menopause and women trying to give resources and to offer resources for help and assistance. That is what I do. And that's what's very, very important to me is maybe not to solve a problem, per se, but to assist with someone going through this. If someone needs financial help, share your message, share your company, talk about that. That is not my platform. Mm -hmm. I wish it was. (laughs) (laughs) But doing that and just sharing, because there's so many things I really don't know, and I learn so much, and I know that my followers and listeners and viewers are taking a piece of that. So that would be it, to help learn and to just be inclusive. That's amazing. And you've certainly had tremendous growth with your blog and your brand in terms of social media wise, and you may not be doing this directly, and that's fine. What social media outlets or platforms have you found the most helpful and effective to growing your following and your brand? 
Well, I have to say, we started out, I have done Facebook since we've had it. So that, since Facebook was born, I was doing Facebook. But then when we started, we started really focusing on Instagram because I was really working very hard to get my recipes out there, to get my books, to monetize with my books. So we really focused on food and food photography. And of course, with Instagram, it's about the beautiful pictures. Or at the time, in 2019, when we started, it was all about the beautiful pictures. At that time, the reels were certainly not prevalent at the time, if they were even born at that time. Instagram has been my biggest growth to generate followers and now to monetize. Facebook, for my age and demographics, my age is 58. A lot of my friends and followers are on that platform of Facebook. So we've had to go back and really integrate that back into my platform because monetizing. And what I think people don't understand, Larry, is this is a full-time business, It's not a hobby. I do enjoy it. I enjoy it so much. I get so much pleasure out of helping people and doing what I do and working with people. But you have to monetize this. You have to pay the people that work for you and for your website and so on and so forth. Instagram has really been helpful in that and Facebook. What we have had a lot of growth and there's a lot of opportunity for growth is TikTok. And when I do TikTok, it's not anything silly. It's nothing slapstick. There's certainly a space for that. But mine is learning. We learn how to make a recipe, a cake or a makeup application or what's in my closet. So it's a learning tool. And so we take that TikTok as a learning tool. When it keeps going on, Pinterest, we're really growing on Pinterest because again, the beautiful photos, how to clean out a refrigerator. We did that last week, and I am shocked at the number of people that need help <laughs> cleaning out their refrigerator. <laughs> so all the platforms, but I'm going to say Instagram was really the one that was the birth of my so-called fabulous. That's fantastic. Yeah, we are not on TikTok, and we are not allowed because in my profession, you have to archive everything that we put out social media-wise. So that's one of the few platforms we're not on because nobody has found a solution on how to archive those that- Post. So it's an interesting medium. I would love to be there, but unfortunately I can't. It seems like you've had a lot of success and that makes a lot of sense because my kids have come back to me and said, hey, I seen this great recipe. Can we make this? Can we try it? Mm -hmm. So it's a great platform for that. Yeah. And the growth, the opportunity for growth is really there too. So I first went, just like you continue to say, your kids came to you and mine as well. And I was like, who is going to watch a 50 year old? <laughs> I say that woman? a lot too. So, do you? Oh, I, I do. do. Too. Who's going to watch this? And then it blows <laughs> up. It does. It does. The silliest things go viral. and But I'll take it. I'll take it. It just doesn't seem to be a formula. So. I agree with that. I find that like the things that I post that don't really have a direct tie back to money or finances are the best posts. And if they have joy in there and like you get joy from what you're doing, if there's joy, that really resonates well and gets a lot of comments and and interaction and engagement. So you talked about your training in the culinary arts, and I know you've also written several books. Now, I love food. I'm a foodie. I'm not so much a cooker. My idea of cooking is calling out and having somebody else do it. Who knows? That might change over time. For somebody who is like me, who likes food, doesn't necessarily cook, is there a place, a good starting point to kind of get started if I'm interested in taking on and starting to cook a bit? Absolutely. 
I have that question posed to me so much because I love food. I love it. It has been my career forever. And I love to cook. I really, really do. It just doesn't seem I have time lately, but I do love to cook. And someone like yourself, there is a shameless plug here, is go to my blog. One of the most popular recipes that my blog's getting so much interaction and engagement at all the platforms, TikTok even, is my five-step crock-pot chicken. I mean, and it's five steps, and it's so good, and you can take it from so simple and easy to extravagant. You can make it a pasta with it or whatever you would like. Lots of flavor, but it's so simple and easy, and I think for someone that's not comfortable in the kitchen space, it's an easy I do do the quick and easy, five steps, just minimal ingredients, but then make and show what else you can do with it. You can cook for a week. This can be healthy. It can be gourmet. But going to platforms like mine and other influencers, food chefs that are having wonderful, I mean, just go to their Instagram and you can see all of the wonderful things that you can cook. And then YouTube is amazing. And then if you want to go further, go to a cooking class that's held in your community. There's a lot of, with COVID, we've learned how to do this, but virtual cooking classes. But you know what, Larry, is I say that this, and I'm talking to y'all, whoever's listening in your 20s and 30s, teach your children to cook. Show them how to go to the grocery store and shop the perimeter of the grocery store for the healthiest and the whole foods and incorporate those. Now, you may be saying, I don't know how to cook. Learn together. It's a family experience and it's such a wholesome part of your world. I cook for my family and my daughter. When she went away to college, she really started kicking it in because I always cook for her, but she was always in the kitchen with me. But I'm very proud to say that she knows how to cook. I learned from my mother and my great-grandmother, my grandmother. And so that's what I always tell people. These children are watching. So stay away from fast food. Oh, 100%. I mean, listen, we are very much aligned because I guess one of the reasons why I haven't really delved into cooking is my wife is a great cook, right? That is hugely helpful to me because then I don't have to order out every night. Uh, She is very good and she enjoys it. And my kids, both of my boys, enjoy cooking too. Very similarly to your daughter, when my son went to college and he had to eat in the dining hall, he had to have the meal plan, the whole nine, he would go to the dining hall and he called us up and basically said, guys, this is trash. I got to get out of this food plan, which we ultimately did get him out of the food plan because he wanted to be able to cook on his own. So he's thrilled in his second year, he moved into an apartment and he takes care of himself. He'd much rather cook than order out and definitely will never set foot in the dining hall ever again. So that's so great. I guess the skill set skipped over me, but I probably haven't delved in because everybody surrounding me is very good at cooking. And I agree with you. I think it's a great skill set to have. And it's greatly appreciated to be able to do that for sure. Yes. And you know, the world is so busy. We're all so busy. It seems like that is our rite of passage to be busy. And we are. But I do hear from followers and viewers that talk to me about They have one night a week that their child plans, and they actually make it a family affair. And I think that is so precious because it's not just helping today, but it's futuristically like your son, your children, to know how to do these things. And you know what? Don't be afraid of making mistakes. You may not want to make it with a beef tenderloin, (laughs) but you know what I mean? Never be afraid of making mistakes. So I got to ask you, being such a good cooker, and I didn't see this in your background, but have you ever been on like Chopped or one of those shows? No, I've judged some Iron Chefs in my career. I wrote a panini cookbook, so I judged the panini 
championship okay. at the CIA right outside New York yep. City. I was there. I have done food network and did a lot of cooking segments, but I just decided that really wasn't for me because I did not take that restaurant path. I chose not to go in the restaurant world. I went into the media world and that is a tough world in the chopped and the top chef. And I'm like, I'm out. All I'm right. out. I asked because we had David Knoll, the founder and creator of chopped on our show. I don't remember the episode off the top of my head, but he was on our show. Great guy. And How exciting. Yeah. Amazing success with that show. So. Yes. Isn't that wonderful? I saw that. That's so wonderful. So I'm going to take a complete 180 here and talk to you about, and I have to ask, I've heard you share, you have a lifelong friend of yours who's a Holocaust survivor, Charlotte Plotsky. Obviously, my grandparents' family, their brothers and sisters, we lost them in the Holocaust. So we've lost a lot of people there. A lot of the folks who've gone ahead and survived, a lot of them are no longer around or in the process, unfortunately, of dying off. So it's amazing to have that resource and somebody to talk to. What have you learned from having Charlotte in your life? I read your question when the outline that you sent, and I had to really think through this. Char's been my friend for, oh gosh, 35 years, I guess. She's a dynamic woman that obviously came over from Poland. I mean, she made her way to the United States as a very young child. I had her on my podcast finally when we were ready and she was ready. She has written two books and came over to Texas and podcast with me. The number one, when I read your question, I would say history. Because we have been robbed of the history component with the Holocaust and so many tragic life events. I say robbed because we haven't taught, we haven't explained, we haven't shared what happened. And knowing her, it would be history. The history is just deep, as you know. Compassion and forgiveness. When we did the podcast recently, there was quite a bit of turmoil in the world. And I remember picking her up and taking her to my studio and her saying, there's no room for hate. There is no room for hate. And I think that the forgiveness, she lost people in front of her eyes. And you know, I mean, in front of her eyes, bombs going off. And I mean, to get out of your home country and to lose your family was tragic. So her saying forgiveness and compassion, we don't think about that. We really don't. I feel like a lot of hatred is in people's hearts. She's an incredible woman, and there's so many like her that have survived. There's so many that didn't survive. She's incredible. I mean, just learning from that generation, oh, my gosh, just soak it up like a sponge. And if you think about it, people like Charlotte, people like my grandparents and their brother, those are folks that you want to talk about probably have a little bit of reason to have some kind of hatred in their heart, right? And most of them don't. They have that forgiveness and compassion component because that left an indelible mark on them. And I think you sharing her story, talk about shared experiences. Those are stories that I don't think we hear a lot of these days. We need to hear more of. And I think people need to understand what really took place. So I applaud you and Charlotte, quite frankly, for you having her on as a guest and sharing that. And for her having the courage and the bravery again, because she had it to get through what she got through to come in and share that story on your show. That's just great stuff for sure. I appreciate that because 
I wasn't sure of the outcome, but the people that reached out to me were of congratulations for talking about this because it's not talked about enough. I grew up Catholic, very opposite, but we all love and we have a heart and we have a spirit and a soul and a mind and we're all the same. But what I learned, I just, I shook my head and said, what? So anyway, it was just, yes, again, share, this is what I want to do is enlighten the world with things I don't know what I'm talking about, but I'm telling you, I'll find someone that can. There you go. Well, that's great. So we're going to take another 180 back because I want to bring it back to you and what you're working on. You've done a great job, self-proclaimed even later in life, to kind of take these passions of yours and you've turned it into a, a business, an entrepreneurial venture. Like you said earlier, it's not a part-time gig. It's not a hobby. It's something you're doing full time and you have staff that you need to help feed and pay their salaries, etc. So what advice do you have for those who are listening and have a passion? Maybe it'd be photography. Maybe it'd be a service business that they have in mind, or there's just a really burning passion that they have and they're thinking about turning it into a business, but Maybe they're not ready. What advice do you have for them that might get them moving in the right direction and have the success that you had turning your passion into a business? Well, what should ignite is life is short. Life is extremely short. And I waited a very long time before I started my career and what I'm doing now. I had to get through my life. I was a single mother. I had to do so many different things. But life is short and just do it. In the words of Nike, <laughs> just do it. Now, back up because financially, can you do it? I've had a couple of people on my podcast that have changed careers, some on Wall Street that decided to be an artist. And it didn't happen overnight. It just took a lot of moonlighting and a lot of being secure in yourself and knowing what you're doing. I'm the first to say, I, what's your business plan? I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not that person. I'm that creative. Let's just go. Let's do it. The accountants don't like that too much. But Well, listen, I mean, I'm a business person, right? And in my book, Financial Planning Made Personal, we speak to this. We talk about side gigs and we talk about if there's something you're passionate about, starting it as a part-time thing and planning to grow it into a full-time thing. And don't get rid of your full-time job right away. Have it support what your passion is. And then have a plan to set aside money while you're doing both so that when you make the move and you release yourself from the full-time role and now you can concentrate on this passion, you're financially stable to do it. There are ways to do it. But from the passion side, you need to have that passion though, right, to mm -hmm. get you off the couch and actually start moving in the right direction. You have to, because when you're working for someone and you have the responsibility, of course, when I was back in my day, it was nine to five, you get an hour for lunch. There was zero remote. It wasn't like it was now. And look at the productivity of the United States and the world now. But the passion to do it, and you have to, if you're going to make a living doing this, I didn't just jump right into mine. I was continuing to write recipes and development and do television and radio for other companies while I was slowly moving into this. And now it's full-time. I have the opportunity of calling this full-time. I laugh because this is a 24-7 job over here. We're constantly going, as you know. I just say, if you have that itch, that yearning, just absolutely do it. And just like you say in your book, 
you've got to do it slowly, especially if you're dependent on your income. And people are like, oh, well, you just quit. No, no, I didn't. I, I eased myself into it. You can't just... I don't, Maybe you can just quit. I don't know. Everyone's well, I guess, again, it's personal. Everybody's facts and situation is different. Some people may be in a position to do that and others not so much. If you're in a position, go ahead, do it. But if you're not, I think you have to be a little bit more strategic and thoughtful about it. You know, Larry, too, and I'm speaking certainly out of my wheelhouse, but I do have friends that have just gone cold turkey and quit their job and gone into their passion and they are creating other stresses in their life because they weren't quite financially ready for this in their life. So that brings on another new layer and that's tough. That's just a different layer. I can speak because we all need to pay our bills, but agreed. It's important for us. Again, I mentioned it earlier. This is not a hobby. I love doing it, but We have to monetize it. Absolutely. Great, great stuff. So, Tiffany, we end each of our shows by asking our guests the same question because this is the Midland Money Mindset, and we're all about joy on this show. And the question is, what did you do today that brought you joy and put you in the right mindset for success? Okay, I have two. Is that okay? Absolutely. Two things. You can have three. It's fine. The more (laughs) joy, the better. I do. (laughs) I have two. One I do seven days a week. The other I do six days a week. The first thing that is so important to me, the first thing I do is make my bed. I just make my bed because it completes me. It makes me set the stage. I feel like it sets me up for success throughout the day because when I come back, I have this nicely made bed and it just gives me the structure that I need to keep my day on track. And first I do that win of the day, day, right? First win of first the day. First win of the day. An easy win. You set yourself up. Sounds great. Absolutely. I believe that wholeheartedly. Now, I absolutely have to begin my day at 5 a.m. in the gym. It is because I have one body. The Lord gave me one body and I need to take care of it so I can do that. But more than anything, working out gives me such endorphins. I may walk in with a little foggy brain, but I walk out ready to conquer the morning and the day. And people are like, oh gosh, you have the lead. You can go and do it in the middle of the day. No, it's getting out of bed, making my bed and going and working out to clear my head and just feel like I can conquer the world. The days that I've not been able to go, there's something missing. That's me. So that's it. Listen, I think those are two great things to be doing on a daily basis that bring you joy and actually put you in a great position to win for the day. So I think those are both really great ways to start the day. And it always amazes me all the different answers that we get to that question because so many people, it's personal, so many different people like to start out the day or do something specific that brings them joy. So I'm glad you find a lot of joy in that. So we're going to have all of your contact information, Tiffany, in our show notes. But if people want to connect with you, learn more about you, what's the easiest and best place for them to do that? Well, go to my social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook. It's Tiffany C. Tiffany C. Blackman. And then on YouTube, it's Tiffany Blackman. And then, of course, my website for all of my recipes, information. Tuesday, we release a podcast. Wednesday's a recipe. Thursday's a lifestyle of something, fashion or beauty. And that's www.tiffanycblackman.com. So go and sign up and get all kind of fun information. Amazing. Thanks for sharing your story with us, Tiffany. Thanks for sharing that information so our guests and listeners can go take a look and learn more about you and what you're doing and make it a great day. Thank you so much, Larry, for having me and everyone keep being fabulous. I want to thank Tiffany Blackman for being a guest on the Midland Money Mindset. 
Tiffany has turned her true passion into an entrepreneurial life. Everything she does can be linked back to one thing, building human connection. Tiffany truly understands how to market herself and all she does. I know I certainly took away a few pointers today, and I hope you did too. Tiffany Blackman and everything she is involved in can be found across most social media platforms. All the contact information needed to find them can be found in the show notes. Thank you for joining us this week on the Midland Money Mindset. Make sure you visit our website at midlandmoneymindset.com and smash the subscribe button so you don't miss a show. We encourage you to help others find our valuable content and please don't keep us a secret. You can also schedule an Is There a Fit call right from our website or by using the link that you'll find in the description section of your podcast player or app. And be sure to join us for our next episode to learn more about getting your mind right when it comes to all things money. The opinions voiced in the Midland Money Mindset Show with Lawrence Sprung are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. Investing involves risk, including possible loss of principal. No strategy ensures success or protects against loss. To determine what may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, financial or tax advisor prior to investing. Investment advisory services offered through CWM LLC, an SEC registered investment advisor. Guests on the Midland Money Mindset Show are not affiliated with CWM LLC.